Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Fistful of Collars. Howell, Reed, and Chase in the studio once again. And uh, man, I think the big news that we are all super pumped about is the fact that Pants is right around the corner. It's like a week away. Pants! Pants. Yeah, some guys are preparing really hard for this. Preparing <laughs> differently than others. So, yeah. you know. That's how we masters do it, man. <laughs> but yeah, shout out to Megaton, the absolute legend, man. That guy, wow. It's uh, when I just, I don't think anybody embodies like a lifelong passion for jujitsu quite like Megaton does, right? I want to say this is like 24th straight appearance at Pans. Wow. Like, I mean, I might be making that up, but it's Some, it's up probably close to that. I think it's 23rd because I believe that the first pans was in 1996 in Hawaii. And I imagine that, well, I mean, you can count the amount of tournaments the Megatons missed on one hand, right? He's there at all of them, right? Yeah. Legend. Yeah. What a badass. <laughs> but yeah, pans, that's coming up uh, next week. Of course, one of our favorite IBGGF tournaments of the year, one of the biggest IBGGF tournaments of the year, always brings out the, the biggest, the best black belts. Uh, so that's. You know, we're always looking forward to that one. Why is it more fun than Worlds? I feel like it's a bit more uh, lighthearted almost. I mean, mm. people are going for it. They're going for the kill, absolutely. But I feel like there's a, it's not quite as serious. People seem to be enjoying themselves a bit more. I don't know. It's pretty serious when the matches are going on. Yeah. We've seen some intense stuff going That's down to Pans the last couple of years. But I, I know what you're saying. It's like uh, Pans for me kind of feels like Worlds Light. Right, yeah. it kind of feels like a like a tune up for Worlds as well. It it really helps set a lot of the kind of the uh, the storylines going into Worlds. Right, yeah. a lot of stuff that kind of happens at Pans is a, a really good precursor for what you know will culminate at Worlds. Like the kind of the rivalries, the showdowns, the, the kind of the divisions kind of taking shape gives you a good idea of what to expect. But I know what you're saying. I feel like there's a it's a uh, it's worlds is like just super super serious but pans has always got this like really interesting kind of uh entertaining side mm. to it i feel well if you if you lose at pans you still got worlds right know? but if you lose at worlds the season's over it's over yeah. so you know so i feel like you, if you lose at pans you still got time to, to fix your mistakes to, to fix your game and come back at worlds and, and win so it's maybe just like slightly less pressure right because if you lose at worlds then that's that's the end of the season for you basically but uh, I love Pans, man. We always see some good matches there. Leandro always comes out, looks like, looks on fire. Um, I remember last year we saw Leandro versus Keenan. Um, JT Torres had a great year last year. Um, this is this is definitely one of the, one of the funner tournaments of the year for sure. It is, and I'm excited already because uh, it's it's a very different Pans to what we saw last year as well. You know, I was looking through the list of signups, and you can find those if you go to flowgrappling.com, and then if you go to our events page. Click on pans, and then we've got the tabs across the top, overview, news, etc., etc. Well, we've got the list of entries, and um, it's been changing quite a lot the last couple of days, mm. right? We've been refreshing the page like a couple of times a day, and names are switching from division div to division. Guys are coming in, guys are dropping out. There's a few uh, notable absences I noticed, like Marcio Andre was signed up. Now, he's now, he's obviously withdrawn his name because I believe that he's still uh, looking after his knee because um, he injured it in his match with Hernando Canuto. Mm -hmm. uh, actually, I tell a lie. He injured his ma he injured his knee in December against Gianni Grippo. Then he fought Hernando Canuto at Kasai at the beginning of February. Okay. And it's You're never right. really been Also had a match right. with Mateus Gabriel in between those two. Mm. He did, that's right. right. Literally like the week before, I believe. Yes. So, 
I think that um, it's come to the point where you know Marcio has had to say, okay, like I got to take care of this because he, he, you know, he's going to be focused Plus, on worlds. Like, you know, a, a, a kid soon, I, I think that's happening as well. I think it's like if, yeah, imminent. Life. You know, yeah. yeah, it really is. So, but yeah, anyway, there's guys coming in and guys going out, and uh, divisions are changing and stuff. So it's uh, you know we're trying to stay on top of all that. But what I think is really interesting to know is the. Um, the lack of returning champions from last year. Like Gianni Grippo, for example, was champion at Featherweight last year. He's out. For the first time in his life, Gianni Grippo has actually managed to overtrain. And he's burned <laughs> out. It's finally happened, you know, because he's he's always been one of those guys that we've known as like the hardest working guys in the sport, right? Drills Absolutely. more than anybody. So, um, so yeah, there's, 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 there's that. But looking through the list of the, uh, the competitors and stuff, what, what, do you, what jumps out for you guys? I think what, what jumped out for me just kind of off the bat is, is how many Atos guys are are in, are in those divisions. You know, it, like there are e- a couple. It, it's like each division has like three, four plus. Uh, Atos has seven. Uh, Atos spread, spread across several different you know Atos teams, Atos Rio Claro, and other things like that. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, there's a lot of guys. That's crazy, man. I, I obviously we know they have such a high level team, and a lot of those guys like a. Um, like who, like uh, Dom Bell and, and some of those brown belts that, that have made the jump to, to black belt are now mixing it up in black belt. So it is, it's crowded there at, at Very the top crowded. In, in, in Atto. So it's really interesting to see, see how some of those guys play out. And Look at this right happens. here. The middleweight division has seven <laughs> Atos guys. Yeah, wow. Now it's kind of gaming the system a little bit because you've always got the A team and the B team, right? So you can have... Let's say Gracie Baja A, Gracie Baja D team. <laughs> well, that, that's exactly the case now. They're kind of finding a way to get around that by having the international team and then this team. So um, you got your Atos A, Atos B, and then you got Atos Brazil and your Atos USA. So there's able to slide in multiple guys. But one thing that really that jumps team, out that for team me is well. becoming so big. It's, it's crazy. They're there. I mean, but it's not the only one. Alliance has the same situation going on in the exactly. division. Exactly. And, and this is a, a kind of a criticism against Ados and that they're kind of like hoovering up all the guys. But success is going to attract guys, of course, right? Mm-hmm. So it's not like that, you know, whatever. But anyway, medium heavy has four guys from Alliance, mm. four guys from Atos, and it's only a total division of 16. <laughs> so literally half the division is made up of only two teams. That's um, it's interesting, right? Yeah. It is interesting. Does it, I, do you feel like we need more teams in jiu-jitsu? Is that, is that what that says, maybe? I feel do, like do we need a cap. I feel that there should be a cap on the number of people. This is where I, I, I really like the old-school mentality because remember BJ Penn when he never went and he... Heard <laughs> never heard of him, no. When he went to Worlds and he won Worlds like way, way back in the day, first American to ever do so, shout out. He, uh, he had to basically win the in-house tournament in the gym for no, the yeah. right to go to the tournament to represent the team because they had like an in-house trials and uh and that was just as tough as actually going to win in the tournament you know yeah, i would love to see um i'd love to watch those in-house trials probably <laughs> probably some some uh, good matches there but i mean i i feel that's kind of a fairer way of doing it rather than just entering as many guys as you can and, and some guys let's be honest they don't even have a hope in hell of getting to the podium you know mm-hmm. some guys are signing up just for the experience of participating and i feel at certain tournaments they should put a cap on that you know open tournaments whatever that's an open thing but with pans especially with the the new thing of you need ranking points to even qualify to mm-hmm. to, to sign up i feel that you know they should be a little bit more 
stringent in in how many people they allow into the divisions. I think things get even uh, trickier when we start adding money. So we saw this week yeah. that the IBJJF is going to start doing cash prizes at Brasileiros. That's a big deal. It's an open tournament, um, and I'm super excited that they're they're doing that. But it does beg the question: Okay, now if you can stack the brackets in your favor from guys all on the same team, interesting. You know, you can split that prize money. I think that there there may be an impetus to sort of limit that scenario a little bit if cash prizes become more of a frequent appearance at mm-hmm. these tournaments. Yeah, um, which I hope it does. You know, yeah. that, that's fantastic to yeah, see. Yeah, uh, I was surprised about that. You know, I'm sure I wasn't the only person, but to see that the IBJJF. Um, was awarding cash prizes for the black belt divisions um, at the the Brazilian Nationals. I'll be honest, it took me by surprise because it's been a criticism of the IBJJF for years that they don't pay prize money, which isn't true because they do offer prize money. Mm. They have a number of tournaments that that give cash prizes. They have the BJJ Pro Series. They have events in New York, San Diego, Rio, Sao Paulo. Then they have the annual ranking. So the number one ranked black belt gets $15,000 at the end of the season. And they also have the approximately annual Grand Prix as well, which, you know, we're expecting the heavyweight Nogi Grand Prix to come up in August. And that's a $40,000 price. So, you know, you kind of look at that. There's plenty of opportunities to make money, you know, in, mm. in IBJJF tournaments if you know where to go. But... It's the first time that we've seen a cash prize in what they call the majors, right? And the four majors are Europeans, Pans, Brazilian Nationals, and Worlds. So the question is, do you think that we're going to see a cash prize potentially at Euros, at Pans, or at Worlds? What do you think? I mean, we'll find out. Um, I I definitely hope that is the trend. Um, I like that they are also tiering the cash prizes based on participation. So I believe uh, they have four different uh, variations of it, and... Uh, the one with the most people in it get the most money. I think that's a fair way of doing it. You mm-hmm. know, some divisions have four people in it. They didn't some work as 20. hard. They didn't work as hard as a guy with 32 people in his division yeah. or, or a gal. So um, it's fun to see. I, I'm really excited. I think it's super positive. And let's see what happens at Brasileiro, see how that unfolds. Yeah, I think, man, uh, you know, it just it just highlights, like, what a time for jiu-jitsu at the moment. Mm-hmm. You know, I think it's just never been more lucrative. It's never been more popular, obviously. It's, you know, and it just shows that, you know, the sport is continuing to grow and, and IBJJF now um, offering more and more money, more and more opportunities to, to win money. Um, you know, and, and, man, I mean, we talk about this all the time, but there's literally events every single weekend now yeah, you know between fight to win we had a spider last weekend you know which is um i feel like such a great professional event that's really pushing the sport forward as, as well so i think there was grand slam a king of mats yeah, to say, we're king skipping over mats. the grand slam which was go. insane mm-hmm. um, and, and king of mats they're giving out money too so there there are a lot of opportunities i think um you know more than ever right for for these athletes who are dedicating themselves to the sport that they that they love that they have passion for and, and now they're getting more and more opportunities to make a living from it so it's just a it's an amazing time for jiu-jitsu absolutely. it is you know one thing i like about uh, about the uh, the cash prizes on offer at the brazilian nationals as well is that they're the same for men and women mm-hmm. there's no difference but as you mentioned there is a sliding scale so you know if you have like up to eight people in your bracket it's this much money. If you have up to 16, it's this much money. And it, you know, it keeps going up depending on the more people in the division. But it doesn't matter. If the men's bracket has eight and the women's bracket has eight, 
it's the same cash prize for both those winners. And that makes complete yeah. sense to As me. it should Absolutely. be, right? Yeah, yeah. 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 yeah it should. Because that's one of the criticisms is that, you know, um, that women have always had like a scaled down cash prize. And it's like, well, they, they kind of do the same work, you know, but you can't But you, usually the, the female divisions. divisions are a little smaller, usually. So I think more often we probably will see the, the smaller division cash prizes. But hopefully, hopefully that brings more women out to those those uh, competitions true but then i think it balances it out because if the, the men don't get an automatically larger prize even though the division could potentially be smaller than the women's well, right you might be able so. to encourage some of your friends or, or competitors like hey come on sign up we'll get bigger more yeah. prize you know yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, true true um good good initiative there. but yeah that um you were out there in london right we just mentioned the london grand slam for a minute that was a that was a yeah. wild little tournament looked like it was interesting yeah i gotta say so that was the last one of the season as well so i was in i was in london last weekend for the uae Abu Dhabi Grand Slam, London. And uh, we've been following it for the entire season, right? It starts last year uh, through the middle of the year. It goes Tokyo, uh, Tokyo, Los Angeles, Rio de Janeiro, Abu Dhabi, London. Mm. And then the final stop, the end of the season, is in April. And that is the Abu Dhabi World Pro, which is kind of like the parallel world championships, right? And um, it's been really interesting to kind of follow the the path of the, of the Grand Slam. You know, I went to, I think four of the five grand slams i only skipped the abu dhabi one in january Mm -hmm. and um to see certain athletes really investing in that series because they saw the opportunity that it afforded them and the two guys that uh, that stand out the most are uh gabriel souza and uh whose full name is joao gabriel batista souza okay (laughs) but his name everybody sees his name as joao batista and stuff it's not gabriel souza and Diego Romalio, both from ZR team. So uh, basically, Gabriel's a light featherweight and Diego's middleweight. And they decided that they were going to chase after those prizes. And they went to Japan. They went to LA. They went to Rio. They hit up every single Grand Slam. Sometimes they won gold. Sometimes they won silver. Gold is a $2,500 cash prize. Mm. You know, Silver is, I think, 1500 or something like that. But the idea was invest in the series follow as many of the tournaments as you can get those ranking points because the grand prize at the end of the season is e i don't think it's been confirmed but last year it was 25,000 yeah 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 i'm not sure if it's, it's exactly the same this year they haven't released that yet but $25,000 for the top ranked so athlete. if you're winning everything it, yeah. you can get roughly 10 then there's 25 plus you compete at world pro and maybe you medal there yeah. and there's some more money on top of that so you could have a sustainable salary, more or less, just from doing the UAE series. Well, well you have to win. You know, how, you know how this all came about? It was Gabriel Souza last year, 2018. Maybe some of our fans and, and viewers and listeners will remember this because we did talk about this at the time. Gabriel Souza was a brown belt at last year's Abu Dhabi World Pro. Okay, He only got his black belt just after Worlds last year. Yeah. And he took gold in his weight division and he took second overall in the brown belt ranking, which also has a cash prize. And that weekend at Abu Dhabi, he went home with $11,000. Not a bad take for a brown belt. Not bad at all for a brown belt. And that kind of was the impetus. He was like, yeah, he was like, oh, okay, that's what's on offer right here. So he went all in on that. And he did tell me last weekend because he won gold in London last week. Uh, He beat Iago George in the final. And then he took third at the Abu Dhabi King of Mats as well, which is another... Uh, uh, how much was it? Ten, six, three, three grand, 
six grand he got i think it was five or six grand for king of mats and he would have got another 2500 for uh for london grand slam so again comes out with eight and a half thousand dollars for one weekend's work right that's a good job yeah, yeah. But i think it's really interesting because he said that that puts him in a really good spot now pretty much nobody's going to be able to take him out from the top spot of the ranking going into world pro but he's going to split it with his bro diego because they're number one and two in the rankings <laughs> oh, really? so what the deal was whatever happens if they finish top two then they were going to split it that's kind of cool right i like that i like that <laughs> yeah i don't know that's about a that. good friend I, I don't know about that <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah i mean I, I think i you know good on on those guys for for getting after it you know i think if there's a lot of opportunity there to make make a lot of more money i don't understand why more more black belts and more people don't um take advantage of that mm. because you know i think exactly like you said you saw gabriel understand it and take advantage of it right away and, and you know looks like he's making some money so it does make you wonder though are, are some of these guys doing well enough that they don't need to Kind of makes I don't you think wonder, too right? many are, but <laughs> who knows? Maybe I'm wrong about that. Seminars seem to be pretty lucrative, but you have to have such a successful career already to kind of make that bank. Yeah. Um, maybe it's a, a case, of it, though, of not oversaturation because that sounds negative, but there are options. Yeah. You can say, I don't want to do that, a clash of a spider, or I'm looking at Kasai. You know? So um, the different rule sets and formats available might limit the availability of some of these pro shows, but that's a good problem to have, I think, You know, if you, if you are – selective in what you can take that means you have options so um yeah like reed said earlier it's, it's a fantastic time for professional jiu-jitsu and a amazing point in athletes careers to make some money we've got a, uh, a comment here on our youtube live stream actually from victor doria um Shout saying out. that it's the uh it's the best moment ever and it's not even close to what it'll be five years from now i think that's a really I good point because that. yeah right we look at jiu-jitsu five years ago compared to now it's night and day. Like, how much more will it grow in five years' time? Because we've talked about it a lot, right? The opportunity for professional grapplers. There's there's so many now. You know, there's Fight to Win. There's, as you said, Spider. There's the Grand Slam series. And IBJJF Cash Prize as well now. It's like... That's a sign of the times, right? Yeah, I think I think sponsorships as well is, is never, you know, been more um, lucrative. You know, like, I, I was just in Vegas a couple of days ago, you know, and I got to hang out with Hanato Knuto, Mikey Musumeshi, and they're of course uh, sponsored by Venom, you know, which is a kind of a very big um, MMA brand originally. They, they of course are a jiu-jitsu brand as well, but but uh, there's just a lot of big name sponsors I feel like kind of coming in and, and, and um, swooping in and, and sponsoring athletes. And so that's, you know, on top of the, the, the prize monies, on top of the, you know, the seminars and things like that, I feel like that, that there's, there's a lot more opportunity to have some good sponsorships out there too which is hasn't really been in the sport at all before this i feel like so what was the venom training center like oh man it was it was so nice it was really cool they've only been open for eight weeks they said um but the place is is amazing you know it's a it's a mma gym but it's it's that's a it's like one of those new new school mma gyms where it's just um you know everything is just tip top it's got mm -hmm. all the all the um everything you need to basically to, to be a, a fighter to be a jiu-jitsu uh, fighter you know so it, it was a, a gorgeous training center and, and definitely shout out to those guys for, for having me it was a lot of fun out there does Hanato Canuto teach classes like run a program or what's happening exactly? yeah yeah absolutely they they him and Ra Raquel run run the whole jiu-jitsu program over there and then of course they have like a whole you know like a, a Muay Thai and boxing kind of um, section as well but but Hanato and Raquel um, Hanato's wife they run the 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 classes there and they teach there three three four times a day it looks like 
and uh, they have women's classes, they have beginner classes, and and of course they have kind of during the day their their competition classes because those guys are also getting ready for for pans. Wow, speaking of pans, going back to pans actually. Yeah, yeah. Um, I uh, I, this this it's, it's interesting, right? Because we were talking about this, some big names in, and there's some kind of like uh, some interesting names that aren't there. Um, you know, last year's champions like JT Torres, Keenan Cornelius, uh, Gianni Grippo—they're not signed up, so that kind of opens the door for a brand new set of champions this Which year. Which is always right? fun, right? Which is amazing because I, I love seeing kind of like the, the divisions blood. and trying to predict who's going to come through, but. Um, Let's talk a little bit about the names who are signed up. They're, they're, they're super excited. Chase, I believe you've been working on a little list. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's, it's a tough one to narrow down, but one thing we love to do before big events is, is pick some dream matches. You know, the brackets are huge, and they don't get released until a day before competition. So, you know, it gives us time to speculate about what might go down. And we've got plenty to work with for Pans. Uh, one match that's on the top of my mind that I'm dying to see, I hope it, hope it happens, Kynan Duarte versus Leandro Lowe. Oh, that's the match. That's not gonna happen <laughs> for me. That's, that's the possible. match of the event. I think. Uh, I think it's on the uh, tip of everyone's mind. Yeah, the thing both is, in the heavyweight. That you were talking about that division, right? You were telling me earlier that um, it's basically it's it's likely to be Leandro versus Kynan or Patrick Gaugio. It's, it's the third oh, name. So man. I mean, there is heavyweight. This is heavyweight, and it's it's a small division. I think there are eleven or twelve guys, but all of them absolute killers. Uh, so hang on a second. We mm-hmm. could potentially see Leandro versus Kynan or Patrick Gaudio that weekend, or even against both of them. Exactly. Wow. So fantastic. Oh. But we also have Tim Spriggs, Aaron Tex-Johnson, uh, Adam Warzinski, and uh, Vinicius Ferreira in that division. So just a bunch of murderers. And so it's, short, it's, a, it's a small but mighty division. Exactly. So wow. definitely keep your eyes peeled for that one. That will take place on Sunday, of course, um, on the last it, day yeah, of and the if, event. I mean, obviously Leandro dominates at Worlds, too. But Pans seems like it has always been Leandro's tournament. Like he always dominates at, at um, now, especially the last few years, winning the absolute division as well. So it, that's kind of um, Leandro's the wheelhouse. Well, you know that this year he potentially uh, could set a new Pans record. Oh, but he's gonna have to go through Kynan or Patrick Gaggia <laughs> <laughs> and a bunch of other guys because yeah. basically right now Leandro has eight. Pan gold medals, okay, including both weight and absolute. And I think that he actually has them across the most weight categories in history as well, which is mind blowing. But um, Andre Galval also has a crap ton of <laughs> pan gold medals. And um, I, I, I need to double check. I Remember think when it's they nine? fought? When Andre and, and Leandro fought in, I think it was like 2016 pans? Might have been our first pans. Yeah, yeah. That was a good match. There you go. So if, if, if Leandro wins one gold medal next week, he ties with Andre Galvao for the most gold medals at Pans ever. But if Leandro wins double gold, he actually will set a new record with 10 gold medals at Pans at Black Belt. It's crazy. Wow. That is wild, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, not easy, though. Let's take a little <laughs> look at some of those divisions. So you mentioned there the heavyweight division, Chase, which has got some absolute killers in there. But, uh, I mean... You know, the absolute's not going to be any easier, right? Throw some names out. Who else is I mean, is, we have, uh, we have Hulk in there. Uh, Mateus Denise is involved. Uh, Marilla Santana is in there. But they're friends, so they probably wouldn't fight. Uh, Tanner Rice is there. Muhammad Ali. Felipe Andrew. Uh, just tons of guys. Danny Gerard, Max Jimenez. 
uh, and coming in an ultra heavy. So I see that last year's uh, open weight silver medalist Gutenberg Pereira has signed up as well from GF Team. Remember, he uh, he took uh, Leandro to the limit in the final there, right? I think it was only two zero in favor of Leandro at the end. Yeah, very close, very close. I'm excited to see Gutenberg. Yeah, you know, we've seen a couple fight to win um, performances and things, but uh, you know, the tournaments are always. We're always a little bit more fun. So, but I'm I'm excited. We haven't seen Gutenberg in, in a little while, and and uh, he, you know just the, the super fights, and he's looked on fire there. I like his new haircut too. I like his, it I is like, awesome. I like his yeah, hair. Yeah. Uh, Eye catching. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, that that's I, I'm excited to see to see. Like you said, you, you know the, the new blood. Um, you know this year has, has been already. I feel like a, a good year for a lot of new black belts and and young young black belts, and and especially now with not a lot of um, the returning champions it leaves the door open for a lot of these guys to to make a good name for themselves and have a good have a good year in 2019 like kynan you know like uh levi is levi signed up levi's levi signed, signed up, up. Levi's yeah levi. i'm hoping he runs into john combs that's my dream matchup for, for lightweight <laughs> this well, is such a clash of styles I, that was one of the names that i'm most excited to see as well because obviously levi you know broke onto the kind of the the collective consciousness of jiu-jitsu uh at europeans but um then he came and he took, uh, I want to say, third place at Spider, right? Yes. Uh, to losing Keishinho. to Keishinho in the semifinals. By decision. So, by decision. Very, very close, close match. Yeah, yeah, very very close. close. Now, th actually, that brings up two really interesting points. Number one, it shows that Levi is right there, right? And I'd love to see him bounce back from this, and I want to see what he's going to do at Pants. But it also serves as a reminder that Keishinho is by far one of the toughest one of the most experienced and uh, just one of those veterans that you can never, ever count out. That guy is so good. Uh, I want Levi, to say. Levi, are you talking about? No, no, Keshinio. Oh, okay. No, Keshinio is. Um, he took bronze at Pans and Worlds last year. Now, he's Masters eligible as well, as, you know, just remind I, I people of that. We've seen him win that a couple of times too, right? We have, yeah. But, but you know, the fact that Keshinio is one of those guys that he's always going to be. A serious roadblock to anybody's plans of taking gold you know it's like you gotta bring the big guns out to beat that guy he's a great game planner if you watch that match of spider with levi he doesn't let levi pull guard and he in fact pulls guard first you can see levi's very uncomfortable on top in that scenario especially with kashina's great guard and use of lapels um, and he tied him up the whole match so you know, when you're going against a veteran like Yashinya, you have to really think about your strategy. And I will say Levi is fantastic and amazing, but he is pretty predictable. He wants to Baron Bowl you, and that's that's the goal. So if you take him out of his element. And we all know that the Baron Bowl doesn't work. <laughs> <laughs> and Keishinho's in. He's in at lightweight as well. So this definitely uh, this is interesting because the lightweight division right now has 25 guys signed up. And it's a huge division. We could that's potentially cool. see a rematch as well. So, um, you know. I'm really excited about that. But lightweight division, some of these names as well. Kevin Mahecha, Johnny Tama. Uh, we got really tough guys like Hinato Canuto is in. We got Gabriel Rollo. Uh, we got Sinistro, John Combs. Um, we've got Rodrigo Freitas. We got Levi. And actually, we got one guy signed up at lightweight, uh, which I find really interesting because he actually has a super fight this weekend. Uh, against Isaac Bayens, and that is Vitor Oliveira. Mm -hmm. That's now, gonna be a great fight, man. Vitor, I've lost count of the amount of weight classes I've seen this guy compete. He's at. a shapeshifter, man. Yeah. He's whatever he wants, right. from heavy to down to light. Like seriously, and everything in between. It's mm -hmm. absolutely incredible. It's like. Uh, 
And Vitor is another one of those guys that he is so tough, right? Mm -hmm. So he's going to have a really tough match on his hands this weekend with, against Isaac Bayens. Now, Isaac... Isaac, as we like to call him, Isaac, is signed up at middleweight. So what, what do we expect from that super fight this weekend? Yeah, well, Vitor definitely is always contending for a gold medal. And no matter any any tournament I feel like he, he enters, he's obviously capable of winning winning that. So definitely a guy who's always capable of winning the gold medal. Um, but yeah, like you said, this weekend fight to win 105? 105, right? 105. 105. And um, it's out in Oklahoma. Isaac Bahienz versus Vitor Oliveira. I love this matchup. <coughs> um, excuse me. We talked a little bit about it last week, you and I, Chase. But um, yeah, I don't, I don't, I'm not sure exactly how this one is going to go. But, but of course, Vitor is always down to throw some people around. So, He's going to so. be like that, right? <laughs> I think really experience is. will really show because Vitor has been uh, on fight to win several times, and this is Isaac's first appearance. That's so, right. uh, you know, Vitor knows the game plan required to win, and uh, I think he'll be going for the kill. But I'm definitely excited to see them clash. I think it'll be nonstop action. Hard to so. pick against the uh, the 2018 reigning world champion in Isaac Bahiens. You know, uh, he's looked he's looked great. He looked great at Europeans too, and that he, that guy's evolving um, like crazy. Yeah, I mean, I, I, Isaac he took gold at middleweight last year, and um, important to note that the Vitor actually took uh, worlds right, last year. And uh, and Vitor took bronze at lightweight in the same tournament. So you know, it just goes to show that these guys they're they're like, you know, anytime you get to the podium of a major tournament like that, you're really good. But I agree, you know, Isaac looked awesome at Europeans. He's been on an absolute tear. I think last year, man, last year he maybe only lost like two matches all year. Mm. Like from January through December, I remember he lost to Charles Negramonde really, uh, I think it was uh, either Abu Dhabi or Europeans. It was really early Ooh, in the year. it was the Abu Dhabi Grand Slam? Thank you. Early in the in year. In January. Yes. And then he bounced back and, you know, he like basically went undefeated for like 30 straight matches or something mm. like that. And then he lost a uh, referee's decision at World Series of Grappling in October, which was just a six-minute no-points match. So, you know, like... Hibamar? Uh, yes, yeah. exactly. So, you know, that that was just like a wild year for for Isaac. He won everything, right? He won World Pro, he won Marianas Open, he won mm. um he won Worlds, and you know, he started off strong already by winning Europeans. Now, I believe his goal this year is he wants to do not just the Grand Slam, he wants to do the super grand slam. <laughs> he wants to do like Cabrinha did. He mm. wants to win the four IBJJF majors. And ADCC in September, and become a fight to win champion. <laughs> so that's and another, you, you another. never know; he maybe do World Pro as well. That's actually another step again. That's like something else. So, yeah, ADCC Brazilian trials are coming out pretty quickly here, are they not? When does that end, happen? End of, end of March? month. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now the the competitors list not is not technically kind of out right now, but we've seen a few of the names signed up, and uh, and Isaac is pretty much the biggest name that most people will recognize. Um, but there is a chance that some more could come in, you know, and I think maybe PANS, the fact that we've seen some guys not sign up for PANS could give us a little bit of a hint mm. as to who some of those guys might be. Gabriel Arge has won gold at PANS last year. He's not signed up right now. Mm. Although I did hear he's injured as well. He has a groin injury. Uh, so there's, that's a factor. But he would be a great addition to ADCC, though. That I'd love to fun. see Gabriel in, yeah. uh, in ADCC, yeah. How much fun is ADCC going to be So this much year? fun. Oh, my God. I it can't is wait. going to be incredible. My parents uh, bought tickets. They're already going. Nice. <laughs> they're, they're ready. So. <laughs> yeah, tickets are available as well, actually. Uh, and make sure you get those because the promoter Mo Jassim has been saying that the prices are going to go up in the next four to six weeks. And apparently, he's working on some 
crazy super fights for this year's ADCC. Ooh, and I believe him. He said <laughs> that when those have been confirmed, that the tickets are going to fly out. Nice. So Mo likes to go big. He right? does. He really does. He doesn't disappoint. So No. <laughs> Man, who could that even be? <sighs> he was talking some crazy names when I spoke to him last. He was like... Said he reached out to Khabib about possibly doing a grappling super fight. Get Connor on like, there, man. GSP. I mean, like you, the names that you would just blow you away. So Askren. none of those are confirmed, though. So no, 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 no. Get Askren in there. That'd be fun. Askren versus Dylan. anybody. <laughs> Askren versus Dylan. Man, they've been going at it, right? Oh man, yeah, that's been fun. Have you seen his boom roasted? Um, oh yeah, they definitely Instagram after videos. It. Yeah. Those are hilarious. Those are so funny. But but. Uh, Dylan's trying to get in there too. He's trying to he's trying to kick back. Um, that'd be a fun match. I'd well, Dylan's watch, I'd watch been invited, that. right? He's actually uh, he's confirmed for the uh, for the seventy seven kilogram division at ADCC, which okay. I think is kind of wild because um, he did last year at eighty eight or last time he did eighty eight. But twenty fifteen he did seventy seven. Yeah, and it yeah. killed him. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, the weight cut was horrific. He really suffered, um, and it was interesting because he did that in August and then if you remember Reed uh, he came back in January 2016 at Copa Podio yeah yeah and uh, I think you even interviewed him backstage before the weigh-ins right yeah yeah that weight, weight, weight cut killed him too he was I not remember. happy I remember that yeah yeah I remember. Didn't he, like, he almost lost his voice because he was so dehydrated yeah right? yeah it was like right hopefully he doesn't mind me saying that like right before the interview he had to like just like wet his lips with, with water because he was just like so dead and he couldn't like talk to me <laughs> wow so yeah we'll see how he, how he does at 77 I think it's a good weight for him. You know, obviously he's only kind of getting bigger. It looks like to me, but he certainly has time though. Yeah, you know, yeah. he knows it's coming. So yeah. excited to see him back in the cage. By the way, he's going. Uh, when was that? May May eleventh or something? We just put out an article the other day. Uh, he's back in the Bellador cage very soon. His suspension is over. So looking forward to seeing him do something. I, I, there. I love. Do we know anything about his opponent? Sorry, I uh, want to say he's. Three and one, or something like that. Or I think he's like maybe is it one two and three, or something. Two and three, yeah, something okay. like that. Uh, but you know, it's, I think it's Bellator is doing a good job. They got they got to build up these these stars. He's three. He's three and two. Three and two. His name is Matt Max Humphrey. Mm -hmm. Hey, three and two is not bad. Yeah, yeah. Right. That's that's five fights. Dylan's got one basically. Mm -hmm. So man, I I love the um, the hate that Dylan <laughs> Dennis gets. Like he's the most <laughs> hated person on the internet. Anytime anybody talks about Dylan Dennis, there is so much hate that comes with it. Everybody hates Dylan Dennis. I think it's hilarious, and uh, but I'm a fan, so I, I, I think it's fun to, to, to watch. <laughs> I, find it, I find it quite interesting that um, a lot of people in, who hate him, uh, I'm, I'm sure he I has I don't know his... why people hate him so, so much. Like I guess, I don't know, whatever. But he but. has his fair share of haters in the jiu-jitsu community, but at least people in jiu-jitsu know what he's capable of. But... A lot of the MMA haters that have come along now as well, they don't think that Dylan is even that good of a grappler. I mean, how wrong could they be? For real, right? for real. I feel like some of the some of these full wrestling guys. We got to check some of those guys. They don't know. <laughs> they don't know. They're that, on the that Dylan's, that Dylan's actually yeah. le legit. Like that um, Dylan versus Askren. That would be a that would be a good match. That would be a competitive match. I mean, if it was a grappling match, I kind of got to agree with Dylan here. I think that would be pretty easy. I really do. I think that Dylan I'd like would to get, watch it. Yeah. I definitely like to watch it. I think Dylan snapped his foot off in a matter of seconds. Yeah. Honestly, yeah. you know. Yeah, I agree. I'm, I'm not saying that you know Funky's not good. Of course yeah. he is, right? Yeah. But no, grappling's a different matter, man. Like mm -hmm. he's going to come in with a shot. Dylan's going to yank that neck off. He's got that 
kill a guillotine. Yeah. Yeah. Like, didn't we already figure this out? <laughs> like, didn't we already figure out that jujitsu beats wrestling? Didn't we figure that out a, a long time ago? Yeah. I feel like people forgot that, but. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, Dylan will be back in action at ADCC later this year, and we are definitely, definitely excited about that. But um, ADCC uh, trials, we've got some uh, European trials coming up at the end of April as well. So, you know, those lists are really starting to fill up because there, the, yeah. there was the flood of invites in yeah. the last kind of like two, three weeks, right? And um, I think some of those divisions are like probably around about 60% complete already. So, you know, they'll always hold a couple of the invites back until right until almost like the last minute. But, uh, you know, the, uh, the the trials, there's only, I think there's only two more trials left to go. Asian trials, Three. Brazilian trials, and European trials. There you go. So, yeah, we got Asian trials in Tokyo. We got European trials in Poland. And then we got Brazilian trials coming up at the end of this month. So... Man, when we find out those names, there's only going to be a handful. Right? So, yeah, that's I mean, left. that's I think most divisions have 10 invites, right? Or 10 people total, and then it's a 16-man bracket. So that if there's three more trials, and that means there's only three more invites, too, Yeah. Af- after that. so You kind of imagine, like, process of elimination, who those people could potentially be, right? Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. Very but yeah, exciting. I mean, uh, you look at the, the that that uh, competitor list that we have on there now, and I think each division has about nine or ten guys, um, and it's just like, especially seventy seven man and sixty six mm. and eighty eight, of course ninety nine too. <laughs> <laughs> those are the divisions. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, but like just looking at those ten names, it's like, dang, there's there's all those guys could win. It's gonna be yeah. fun. It's gonna be fun. Yeah, the uh, the ADCC trials actually goes down the uh, the same weekend as World Pro. I, I don't think there's that much of a clash there. Much of an you overlap. Know, there's, no, there's there's a very different kind of pool of talent and stuff. But um, man, the next couple of weeks are super busy in in jujitsu, right? We've got a we've got a ton of fight to wins, of course. It's one pretty much every weekend. Um, Kasai Pro is uh, is is back. Kasai Pro Five is taking place on April sixth. That's around the corner. That's literally only a couple of weeks away. Um, we're looking forward to and that. The, and that heavyweight grip Grand Prix is just yeah. insane. Like, 205. That is, wow. I mean, look at that. Stacked, right? Let's run through the names go? here real quick. Felipe yeah. Panek, Craig Jones, Tim Spriggs, Kainan Duarte, Aaron Tex Johnson, Jackson Souza, Muslim Pasarigov. Sorry, buddy. And um, the qualifier. Marino. Yes, the qualifier winner. Wow. And we got a, a nice super fight on there as well, already confirmed. Marcus Tanako versus Homolo Bahal. And Edwin Najmi versus Dante Leon. So, oh, yes, thank you. Um, fantastic show setting up already. I believe there could be one more super fight. Maybe not. I don't know. I imagine there will be. And there's always an, a, a snacked undercard as well. But I really like that, man. Homolo and Edwin on the same card, mm. right? The Gracie Baja, Northridge, student and master, you know, coming along, <laughs> competing side by side. That's really intriguing. He for thought me, he was actually. retired, but he's not. Homolo's <laughs> back. I love it. He's going to compete till forever <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah he's got Marcus the Tano- mentality it's interesting i mean we all know how good homlo is right no question there yeah. but uh marcus tonocos he's been he's been on a bit of a roll actually i really um you know i've been following him a lot last year because he took an interesting kind of couple of decisions number one he did the abu dhabi grand slam series as well he did the i think he did everything except tokyo right mm. he did la rio he went to abu dhabi right chase Yes. Yes, and he did London last weekend, and he took gold at Masters 1, uh, all three of those, because he just took Chasing Masters those ranking eligible. points. Absolutely, and the cash prizes. Um, but last year, he won Nogi Pants in uh, in New York, pretty savagely as well, like some absolutely you know 
horrific submissions and then took silver at Nogi Worlds um, looked great there and um, mm-hmm. you know now kind of like flip-flopping between the gi no gi thing that's what i like about the marcelo guys they'll just they'll step up in whatever format right yeah one weekend they do gi you know those guys just fought two weekends ago and that spider yeah mateus and, and marcus marcus and now they're doing no doing a no gi super fight so it's just like just another day of the week for those guys it really is marcus tanaka versus homolo man that's an interesting match like stylistically how do you see that one going man I- Hamill has been wrestling a lot. You know, he hangs out with Jacob Harmon, and uh, of course, Edwin's also getting ready for ADCC, and so is Gabriel for trials potentially. So, I feel like he's gonna put that to work and and really work for top position. Um, Those training videos yeah. have been very interesting, right? That's true. We've had some uh, some really kind of like good like fly in the wall kind of videos coming onto the uh, onto Jacob's Instagram, onto Homolo's Instagram. And those guys are really going hard. Like, what do you think the push is for no gi? Because this is traditionally gi season, right? It's got to be ADCC, right? 100%. And Kasai. I think, I think Kasai mm. has come on so strong in the last year that people want to be on that show. Which, by the way, guys, you should pay attention to those trials events because there is only, I think, 24 guys or less in that 205 uh, trial position for the 205 tournament. Man, you could do that. I mean, an elite guy could go in there and potentially qualify. So if you aren't talking to the Kasai people yet and you want on the show, definitely keep an eye out for the next qualifiers. qualifiers because you could get in and, uh, man, you could really blow your name up doing that. Man, we actually saw some some breakout stars from those qualifier mm-hmm. events as well, right? I remember Junior Ocasio yeah. won the first one. Nick Calvanese got his shot on there. Um, it was Pierre Leclerc, I think. Was the, was uh, it? He was like the runner. He was a replacement. He was like That's the yeah, runner-up. Yeah, yeah. I think he lost to... Um, who took the welterweight one? I forget who we lost to. Oh, man. I completely um, forgot. I'm blanking. Was it Ethan? Ethan Cranston or the featherweight one? No, Possibly. Ethan won an undercard match, I believe, impressively. Oh, that's he beat, right. He beat Junior. Kind of yeah. qualified yeah, that way. Junior there. But anyway, you're right. There is, you know, the, the Kasai Pro qualifiers can, you know, it gives you a shot to get onto the main show. And Chase, I believe that the guy, the Pedro Mourinho guy who won, uh, he's only a purple belt. He's only a purple belt. That's and uh, it's funny, actually, that he, that he managed to give pull off the win belt. here. Yeah, give him a brown belt. <laughs> because Felipe Pena actually uh, pulled us aside at Nogi World and said, hey, man, I got a student I really want you guys to check out. He's, he's at Worlds right now. He's doing great. He took first that day, I believe. And now he's on the same card as Felipe, so that could be a little uh, complicated. But I imagine he'll want to chase down his coach and take the title if he can, man. <laughs> imagine that. Yeah. That'd be insane. Yeah. Um, we also got to give a shout-out to that Mateus Lutz. That is crazy. Lutz. They're in the same division, right? Yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, so that's who must have won. That's who won the most. Mateus Lutz yeah, is yeah. the other, uh, really, I think, perhaps yes. the most successful breakout star from Kasai. I mean, he's yeah. made a name for himself now in Spider, and he's won everything in IBJJF Had as well. a bunch of uh, return super fights as well. He obviously impressed enough with his performance. He mm-hmm. got invited back a bunch of times right so anyways Kasai is definitely I think a launch pad for a lot of guys career right now and uh, it's cool to see Nogi doing that I feel Mm -hmm. like Nogi has more been an avenue to to showcase your skills that you've already developed but now guys are are succeeding in Nogi and then going back to the Gi to the open tournaments so um, I think it's a little bit interesting and I love the Dante versus Edwin matchup I mean of course those two Mm -hmm. guys are two of the most dynamic black belts in the game right now like those guys both submission hunters you know we haven't seen Edwin in a little while so it's kind of a a comeback for Edwin but I also love the idea of kind of you know um, building up a a number one contender maybe for for Hanato Canuto's either 155 or or 170 pound belt you know maybe the the winner of of that super fight in the, in the future. I don't think everyone's getting down to 155. Yeah, true. <laughs> <laughs> 170, probably. He did say goodbye lightweight. <laughs> He's looking pretty big. 
Um, yeah, it's interesting to know as well. You mentioned, of course, obviously Edwin's going to face Dante, but Dante signed up for Pants next week as well. So another guy who's you know bouncing between Gi and Ogi. I love that man. I did too. I love that. That just show up. You know, he had a great super fight against uh, you know uh, on Kasai Super Series against Mateus Lutz as mm-hmm. well, just in February. Um, man, I, you know the guys that really impressed me the most are the guys who just turn up and fight no matter what the format doesn't matter the rules doesn't matter the, the gi or no gi they just show up you know and I, I, I gotta say I've probably got more respect for those guys than almost anybody else it's mm. just you know way to I mean, just how put yourself you out there they're, they're out there doing it yeah. that's, that's what yeah. we're all waiting to see so um, yeah, yeah like you said Edwin coming back is, is high on my list of things for 2019 yeah and it's a gamble, right? It's a gamble when you yeah. go out there and you don't, and you, and you, you know, one weekend it's the gi, one one weekend it's it's no gi, and maybe you're 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 fighting a more of a, a specialist in in either. So it's a gamble, but I, I do love, like you said, like that Dante and and a lot of some of those other guys, just uh, Marcelo Garcia guys, especially, just whatever you want me you want me to wear the gear or, or not doesn't matter to me it's jujitsu <laughs> i love that mentality let's uh let's wrap up the show real quick um just go back to pans because it's right around the corner there's a lot of very interesting storylines leading up to this for me i think this is a make or break tournament for leandro low mm-hmm. you know he uh had the the crushing disappointment of the silver medal at Worlds last year came back most recently and lost the super fight to uh to marigali there um we've heard that he's re-energized that he's refocused that he's got something to prove coming in but um you know what else stands out quickly for you guys at pans what are the big stories that that fans should be aware of well i think as you said earlier you know the absence of returning champions means some some new stars could be crowned i'm looking forward to, to levi maybe continuing his campaign you know he, he made a huge name for himself but there are some doubters they say lucas was tired at europeans and you know maybe it wasn't the best uh, shape so maybe Le- levi goes out and does it again at pans mm-hmm. and Proves those guys wrong. Yeah, has some things to answer for. How about um, you, Reed? Man, I, just because it's at the at the front of my mind, I just just got back from Las Vegas where I was out there um, filming some flow, some uh, some little movies. Be on the lookout for for that in, in the in the coming months. It's uh, I had such a great time out there in Las Vegas and got to see. Uh, I hung out with Hanato Canuto. Uh, Mikey Musameshi and Roberto Jimenez and I believe all, all three of them are going to be out in pans and I think that I'm extremely excited to see all three of them Hanato Canuto um, you know a brown belt world champion placed silver um, at the worlds last year never won pans in, wow. in his entire career so that's I one. believe he lost to Marcio Andre last year right? yep, yep or I think two years ago two years ago, two years ago. Okay, yeah, thank yeah, you. two years ago and so he's never won pans and that's you know one that he really really wants he's really really motivated to I think to, to finally win that that um, pan title, especially at black belt. So really excited to see Hinato. Uh, Mikey Musumeshi in there at Roosterweight. And man, I had uh, some conversations with, with Mikey over the weekend that I just that just absolutely blew my mind. I love, love the way he approaches jiu-jitsu. His perspective on jiu-jitsu is just so different from, from anybody um, else out there. And I, I love, love watching him compete. I'm obsessed with the Barambolo. After, watch, after <laughs> watching him train, I'm like, I need to do more Barambolo. <laughs> more Barambolo. You it's not the last dead. Week at, at the gym. Yeah, so. yeah. <laughs> So super excited to see him. And then, of course, it's the brown belt debut of uh, of Roberto Jimenez, the IBJJF brown belt r- debut of Roberto Jimenez. One other brown belt making her debut as well. Uh, similar situation, of course. Roberto wasn't able to compete because of the eligibility period, right? Mm-hmm. That you have to be a, a purple belt for 18 months before you can start competing as a brown. So if you get promoted before that, you have to wait for the full 18 months on the calendar before you sign up. Uh, Gabriella Pisana. I was seeing that, yeah. Yeah, so so Gabby, uh, as we know, um, purple belt 
double gold champion at Worlds last year, got her brown belt on the podium. She'd only been a purple belt for, I believe, less than a year at that point. Um, she won gold medal at every Grand Slam this season. Again, Tokyo, LA, Beating black Rio. belts. Beating not just black belts, yeah. beating two-time world champion Nacieli de Jesus. Not once, but twice mm -hmm. in that series of events as well. So Gabby, 18 years of age, showing that she's not just any old brown belt. She's like right there, but this is her first opportunity to compete um, as a uh, as a brown belt in IBJJF. And you know what? This is crazy because I already, I spoke to her coach about this at Europeans, mm. and he said, oh, she's going to be in for pans, and she's going to do worlds. But if she wins worlds, then he's going to pretty much promote her to black belt. <laughs> because what else is there to do? Yeah, yeah, you know? I mean, she's already <laughs> beating black belt, so it's kind of an awkward situation almost. <laughs> but how long will she be... Uh, out of competition from the IBJJF again. Man, until like the probably roughly pans next year. Hopefully. Because it's going to have to be one Wor year. Worth it. So worth one, it. Just, yeah. yeah, yeah. Just yeah. go after the UAE, I think. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's, there's an opportunity for her there. She can go off and do other stuff in the meantime. Mm. But wow. Yeah, we didn't get to kids, talk man. too much about Brown Belt, but Brown Belt also, you know, of course, is always one of our favorite divisions to watch and, and just as stacked this year, too. And, and you know, we're, we love watching the Purple Belts, too. Those, that, those divisions are just as competitive as well. So definitely yeah. stay tuned for some in-depth analysis coming out early next week for both the, the Color Belt divisions. And, and they go on day one, right? That is Purple Belt males go day one. So blue and purple belt yeah. men go on day one. Yes. I believe purple belt women go on day two. Day two. And then there's a lot of masters. And then the absolute, black belt absolute, and I believe um, depending on the size of the division, some of the weight class matches will happen on Saturday. Mm. But the absolute is on Saturday for the black belts. So if you want to see those guys go, make sure you keep an eye out for that. And then Sunday is the big day because that's black and brown belts, all divisions, and, of course, the finals. So, Sunday's insane. It's the funnest day. No. Yeah, it is. Basically, you just turn the TV on at you know nine a.m. You don't turn it off until it's finished. I mean, that's right? not what I'm, I'm doing, but <laughs> not what that's we're what doing, you should be doing at home. I <laughs> exactly, think exactly. Yeah. yeah. Well, guys, you can watch Pans on Floor Grappling starting on Thursday next week. Plenty of more action in between. Don't forget, Fight to Win this weekend coming up. Fight to Win 105 with Isaac Bayens versus Vito Oliveira in the main event. And plenty more events coming up over coming weeks. Guys, we'll see you again. Not next week because we'll be in California for pants. But we'll see you back here again for another episode of Fistful of Collars soon.